Well, this morning, um, I have to be kind of transparent and honest with you guys. I'm always honest. But sometimes I have to be a little bit more transparent than I want to be and feel comfortable being. Um, I asked the church board on Sunday night to be in prayer for me because this work and witness team visit that we are having this week has been one of the most anxiety producing in my experience. Not that anybody's doing anything wrong. Not that anything is going wrong. Everything's going quite well, as a matter of fact. And you will find out within the next week or two what a blessing this team has been and is going to be for us. There are things that I know that you don't know, that you're not allowed to know yet. But it's going to be fun and exciting and, and, and I'm expecting great, great things. But at the same time that all of this good is going on, I have to make sure that we have cement, concrete ordered and gravel delivered and, and plywood and paneling and two by fours and I have to get nails and I have to get screws and I have to make sure that we have food available and I have to make sure that we got a refrigerator in place because we didn't have a working refrigerator. We finally got the working refrigerator but I had to coordinate with somebody who was working with somebody who wasn't willing to be able to help full force and so then they ended up finally I had to say, Pastor, I'm sorry it's not working and the end result was I had to so and literally Sunday night I said to the board, please pray for me and I was in tears almost because I was so overwhelmed. Not that anything was wrong, but have you ever seen back in the 1960s and 70s on television, especially the variety television, there used to be those magicians, those guys that would put sticks out on the stage and then they would put a plate up on the stick and get it spinning and then they have 20 plates spinning on a stick and they're running back and forth trying to keep all the plates spinning on the sticks without falling. That has been my life for the last month. Literally, I can't remember ever having a work and witness project where I woke up and the very first thought was not, what a wonderful day, but oh my God, I forgot something. Literally, I have had so much fear and anxiety and worry and concern and I have been overwhelmed, honestly. And part of it is because it's not just our church that's being worked on this time, but that indeed they're going out into the homes of people in our community. And the person, I can't say because it's being recorded now, but the person that I prayed for just a few minutes ago that's in the hospital, that's one of the families that God brought to us for this work and witness project. I don't remember ever meeting her. I've met him before. My wife has met her before. But this is my first time as a pastor interacting with her. And then she ends up in the hospital. Wow. That's not a good thing that she's in the hospital. But praise God that God brought us together so that I can minister in the name of Jesus to this family. So I'm ecstatic over what's going on with that. The problem is, what if something doesn't go well? What if somebody gets mad because we didn't do what we said we were going to do? Or we weren't able to do because we just didn't have time. Or it goes wrong. Well, when the working witness team goes back to their home, who has to take out of the fallout? This guy. 
And we have a wonderful, wonderful reputation. Our church has a wonderful reputation in this community. And that's been an anxiety. Lord God, would you please make sure that none of this goes bad? Would you make sure that all of this is wonderful and glorious? And literally, it has been so roiling for me that I've been so tense and upset that my wife has had to calm me down. I didn't say calm me down. She had to call me down. Literally, we were at Sourdough Sam's, or Sam's Sourdough Cafe yesterday having a late breakfast. And we were talking. And she looked at me and she said, she opened up her iPad, she pulled up a picture and she said, you need to read this and you need to meditate on this. And it needs to be in this version. And I, what it was, I'm going to pull it up on my iPad real quick so I can show it to you. It was Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 and 7 in the message. And that was the key thing. She wanted me to see it, not just, not just the verses, but in that particular translation. It's not even a translation, it's a, it's a, it's a paraphrase. But uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Let me read it to you out of the message. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Now, I did not want to hear those words. As a matter of fact, I have that particular passage of scripture memorized in the NIV. Thank you very much. I quote it to everyone whenever they are concerned, upset, or bothered by anything. I can say it without thinking. I, as a matter of fact, those were the very verses that God used to confirm my call here as the Church of the Nazarene pastor in Two Rivers. So I didn't need my wife to show me that verse. I'm perfectly capable of bringing it to mind and I know it by heart and I use it regularly. But I don't remember ever reading it in that particular persuasion of the scriptures. And God used my wife in a powerful, powerful way yesterday to slap me upside the head with the Bible. Now, she was perfectly appropriate in the way that she did it. She was honoring to me, but she said, it is not about you, buddy. It is about God and his work. And I said, thank you very much. And then I continued to be frenetic for the rest of the day. And I woke up this morning at three in the morning going, why? Because I still don't have a firm quote or delivery date for concrete. And that's the very first part of the project, folks. Why? Because the lady was out of the office and I couldn't get in touch with her. And I called 17 times. I even They even said, you want me to call her and have her call you right back? Yes! And then she never did. <laughs> and see, it's been crazy, crazy, crazy. I can't get this out of my face. It continually hits me. I turn, I tried to, I told the other day, Friday night, I came into the house. I said, I just want to sit and veg out. 
I said, Renee said, well, Kelly asked if you want to go with her and Russell to the ball game. I said, I'm not going into town. If I go into town, I'm going to go to the night of worship at Friends Church because that's what I would do before anything else is just spend some time with God. But I'm not. I'm just going to sit here and veg out in front of this TV. And my wife looked at me and very nicely and gently said, you know, why don't you go to church? Because you really need it. And I looked at her and I said, no, I'm going to sit here and veg out. Leave me alone. You really need to go to church, Bob. It would do you a lot of good if you would just go and spend some time with God. Leave me alone, okay? You really should go to church, Bob. And I finally looked at her and said, I'm not going to church. I am not moving from this spot. I am vegging. End of discussion. And I didn't. And let me share with you a small little story out of the scriptures. Jesus' disciples got sent ahead of him to cross the lake called Galilee while Jesus dispersed a crowd. Then it says that Jesus went up into the hills to pray by himself. And then in the middle of the night, it says during the third watch of the night, while the men are straining at the oars trying to get across the lake, they see what they think is a ghost. And they freak out. And then finally somebody goes, Oh, it's the Lord! And Peter stands up and says, If it really is you, Jesus, call me to you. So Jesus goes, Come on, come on out on the water. And so Peter stands up and steps out of the boat and begins to defy gravity. He literally defies all of physics and walks across the surface of the water heading to Jesus until he took his eyes off of Christ and began to look at the circumstances around him And I love the way the scripture reads. He began to sink. It wasn't that he went into the water as the normal process would have been. He begins to sink because as he's losing his focus on Christ and putting his focus on his circumstances, all of a sudden he slowly starts going down. And then all of a sudden he realizes he's going down. He's like, Jesus, help me! And his attention goes back to Christ. And Jesus instantly grabs him, picks him back up. And they, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but in my mind I picture they walk back to the boat and get into the boat. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, why did you doubt? Which says to me, why did you take your eyes off of me? Because as soon as you did, all of your stuff started coming back. And so, as I prayed last night and this morning, because I've been so crazy busy for the last five or six days, not preparing a sermon, but working on work and witness stuff, the Lord told me that I needed to tell you this story. Because someone out there needs to hear this. 
The screen before you says, you, and this is talking to God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Jesus said, I'm going to, in John chapter 14, we read it already this morning, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world does, not as the, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So then, in this one verse, there's this, there's this, this dichotomy. It's a peace not from the world. It's a peace from God. And when you have that peace from God, you're not to be troubled or afraid. So as I thought about that, for lo the many hours between the time I woke up this morning and the time church started, I've truly meditated on this thought about what is this that Jesus is giving? When I trust him, Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, when I trust him, when my thoughts are fixed on God, he will keep me in perfect peace. And if I, if I remember correctly, this is the only verse in the entire Bible that talks about perfect peace. And I tried to look up in my study, is there a, 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 a difference or a phrase that's, that, that makes it perfect peace? And as I was reading, one of the commentators that I read this morning out of the, out of the commentary on the book of Philippians said, when God brings this peace because of our prayer and our petitions, this peace that God gives us is complete wholeness. And I was like, complete wholeness? What does that mean? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, folks. Come back into the sanctuary. Yes, it's the water truck delivering water. We need it, believe me. Why they're doing it on a Sunday? Pray for them. I don't know. All right. This whole or complete peace, what is that? Well, first of all, John chapter 14, verse 27 says, I'm giving this peace to you. This is not the world's peace. So there's a difference. The peace from God is not the same as the peace from the world. What is the peace from the world? The peace from the world is uh, is right relationship with your fellow human being. It is not in contention with each other. It is it is a sense of stasis. Um, I one of the things I read this morning said that peace can be um, uh, uh, where everything is well, where there isn't infection, where there isn't uh, disruption, where there isn't disturbance. There's just a settledness, a peace. There can be uh, peace between nations where you're no longer fussing at each other and messing around with each other and, and r r rattling your sabers at each other, but you, you're settled. But that is not a permanent, whole, complete peace because it's, it's a very tenuous peace. 
But the peace that God gives is perfect, whole, complete. The other thing that God reminded me this morning was if you look in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace. The third fruit of the Spirit is peace. So if I have the Holy Spirit of God present in my life, which I do if I'm a Christian, and if I'm walking in right relationship with God, and I'm trying to become more and more Christ-like, one of the evidences of Christ-likeness in my life is that there will be peace. What does that mean? What does it look like? How does it flesh out? One of the commentators said to me, this whole complete peace from God is the shalom. Which in Hebrew, shalom is this this sense of everything is perfectly right. Everything is completely right. Kind of think back to the Garden of Eden before they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything was right and they were naked and unashamed. There was nothing wrong. So I have Isaiah telling me that if I keep my thoughts fixed on God and I trust him, he will keep me in perfect peace. I have Jesus in John chapter 14 verse 27 saying that he's giving me peace. So do not be troubled. So do not be anxious. I have a commandment from the Apostle Paul in Romans, I mean, Philippians chapter 14, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4, that says, do not be anxious for anything, but in all things, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace that passes all under, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Or as we read in the message, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. That's powerful. Think about that. God, I don't have any control over this. I can't get them to answer the phone. What am I going to do? God, I need you to have them answer the phone for me, please. Do you know, God in his humor, Thursday morning, had me do exactly that. I was frustrated because I needed to talk with an individual, one specific individual, because they had a piece of information for this process that we're going to be going through this coming week that I could not calculate for myself. They had the skill, they had the knowledge, they had the ability, and I needed to speak to them. And I tried to reach them. I talked with their this, and I talked with their this, and I talked over there, and I left a voicemail, and I sent a text message, and I sent an email, and they were not responding. And I woke up Thursday morning anxious, frustrated. It was one of the first thoughts in my head. God, 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 why? Can you please just have them call me, God, please? Within 30 minutes, the person called me. And literally, as I hung up the phone, the Lord said to me, I answered your prayer, didn't I? If you had prayed earlier, you might have gotten an earlier answer. Hmm.
think about that, Bob. Honestly, this is what God said to me Thursday morning. And then he said this morning, tell him about it, Bob. <laughs> because honestly, this is this is the way my this is the way it has been for me, and I'm I'm thinking some of you might be able to relate. I have been bombarded with the concerns and the worries and the anxieties of preparing for something that I can't control. But if I just sat back and said, it ain't mine to worry about, there wouldn't be any concrete here on Friday when they're ready to pour. And there wouldn't be any refrigerator to store food in. And there wouldn't be lumber for them to cut. And there wouldn't be gravel for them to haul. And there wouldn't be wheelbarrows for them to haul the gravel in. There wouldn't be jobs for them to go out into the community and do. You see, God didn't say, I'm not giving you responsibility. God said, do the responsibilities I'm giving you, but don't be worried about them. Don't be anxious over them. Don't allow them to consume you. Keep your eyes focused on me, Bob. Even as you're running across the stage, keeping all 20 plates going at the same time. I'm tasking you with keeping those 20 plates going. So don't think you can get away with only doing 19. It's your job to keep those 20 plates up on those sticks until I tell you to take them down. But don't look at the sticks and don't look at the plates. Look at me. Focus on me. Because when you do, I have given you certain specific promises. I will keep you in perfect peace. I will help you to defy the laws of physics and nature if necessary. I will bring about Christ-likeness through you. And I will use your spouse to remind you when you're not doing what I ask you to do. Because she's my partner and God uses her to speak to me. So what I'm saying to you this morning is your pastor's just as human as you. And I get frustrated and upset and anxious probably a little more than some of you because I'm a drama. It's the truth. Don't laugh too hard or your name will be called out on this video, on this recording. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I do get really caught up. I mean, I, I had somebody one time tell me, don't get so wrapped around the axle over this project. And that just made me that much worse. I literally told that person off. And unfortunately, they were my superior in the military and I got in a lot of trouble. It is what it is. I lost my temper because I was so focused on my issues instead of letting God handle it and keeping my focus on God. So, that's the story this morning. If you will follow the, the command found in Philippians chapter 4 to not be anxious, don't allow yourself to be anxious. Don't allow yourself to worry. When it tries to rear its ugly head, turn it into a prayer. 
and watch what God does. Because God will, it says right here, he will give you the peace that you need, the wholeness, the completeness, that shalom. And it will be beyond any human understanding. Your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, your friends will look at you and say, how in the world are you keeping all 20 plates spinning on those sticks and you're as calm as a cucumber? How? That's not normal. And you can look them in the eye and you can say, I know it's not normal. And it wouldn't be normal except for the fact that I have Christ in me and I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. Because as soon as I take my eyes off of him, those plates are going to start falling. Or at least they're going to get real wobbly and I'm going to freak out. But if I can just keep my eyes focused on Jesus and keep running to the sticks and keep doing the things I need to do while God has tasked me with them, I'll be fine. And eventually, he'll tell me it's okay, I can let the sticks stop and I can let the plates come down. The problem is we human beings think we know it all and we can do it all. And so we just do it and we get all roiled up and frustrated. And it's unnecessary. Jesus said, Romans, John chapter 14, verse 27. When I give you this peace, you need to understand you do not need to let your heart be troubled. Your heart does not need to be troubled. You can have complete, whole, perfect peace, even when your life is spinning out of control. That's a promise that you've got from your father. You just need to take a hold of it and walk in it. Let's pray.